everybody, this is Randy Swanson, Big Nishin, and I've got Ryan Fleming from uh, New Jersey with JGS. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good. Thanks yeah, for man. having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. So, so tell, us, tell us a little bit about Ryan and your family. Oh, man. Uh, so we are, you just said it, New Jersey. So I'm on the coast. I've been a coastal kid for forever. Um, I am uh, the the father figure of a blended family, which yeah. is its own, has its own <laughs> struggles, but you get how that goes. It's just a, it's a different thing every day. Um, but uh, we, we've gone through the pandemic fairly well. I think it's solidified um, our, our resolve as a family. So that's been, that's been something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm, I've been at JGS um, just under 20 years now. Wow. And so when you say blended family, how many kids are you responsible for? I'm just curious. So we have five together. So three of mine and two of uh, two of my wives. And are any of them out of the house? Are you still like? One, one just uh, one just left recently. Um, he's on his way to boot camp um, after they get done with all the quarantine stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So he's gonna, yeah. He went into uh, to the Marines for an intelligence specialist and I'm pretty proud of him. Oh, that's awesome. That's very, very good. So, so tell me a little bit about the agency. What, what, what's the agency look like, if you will? Um, so we, we've started about a hundred years ago, um, you know, back when I was young, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hundred years ago. And, uh, our specialty has always been real estate. It was a, uh, it was a, um, it was a two, twofold uh, agency where we had a real estate arm and an insurance arm. Well, years and years and years ago, they, they, uh, split up real estate went one way and the insurance arm is, is, uh, has remained JGS. Um, so we, we cut our teeth in, uh, in a, in a habitational community association type niche and really went guns blazing before I came around with that niche and created what that is in our area. Um, so we then branched out into having a wholesale division, which has taken on a life of its own. That's been extremely successful. Yep. Um, and uh, and then we've we've always kind of organically grown the uh, the retail side, um, community association business. Um, we've recently uh, focused a little bit more heavily on the benefits side and also a commercial side, which yep. we're growing, uh, which we're growing as well. Um, but for for quite a bit, uh, it was more just grinded out, old school style. Um, get involved in the quoting process and uh, and see if that works. And we we struggled for some years. So, w- what would you say was not working in business prior to getting involved with Big Nation? You know what? Leaving leaving your livelihood in the hands of an insurance market that was that was a difficult thing to contend with. Not to mention um, the support staff needed to consistently dive into a quoting process. Um, it was hard. We would hire and it wouldn't work out. And, uh, and we try to move people around in different areas to create what is a funnel for a quoting process that would work out um, on a consistent basis, which, you know, every every client, every account that comes in is completely uh, inconsistent. So then we'd have to reinvent the wheel every time. And that was that was just a struggle. That's just the way insurance had been conducted across the board, nationally, everywhere. Yeah. And so then, then, then what, what kind of changes started to occur as you got involved with Big Nishin and implementing it into your agency? So we had, um, we had some competition coming to our area that really kind of rattled us a little bit. And um, it was a quoting mammoth 
Um, they were a national, big, huge national agency, and they just figured we're going to go um, guns blazing into that niche of community association habitational business. And, uh, and it was tough to compete with because now you've got this quoting machine just throwing numbers on tables and, and insureds were just looking at the, the final dollar because we hadn't convinced them otherwise. Um, and, uh, and that's where our book was. Uh, I mean, we weren't writing a ton of new business and we were losing business. Um, it was just a reversed, a reversed um, uh, graph that, that we just had to address. Um, so that coupled with trying Salesforce and trying some, some sales coaching. I mean, I, I think we basically threw the book at it. At the time, I was just a, uh, a salesperson. And um, I was on the receiving end of, of one, two, three, four, five different sales coaches, uh, different books, uh, different CRMs that we were trying, Salesforce being the most difficult one to use. Um, and it just, you know, I was just kind of shell-shocked with all the different things that we were, we were having to try. And it was just a new version of the same old thing. And so I got to ask you, being a, being a man that's responsible for five children, uh, how did, how did that make you feel dealing with all of that stuff? Yeah. So back then, uh, I was, I was in a, in a bad marriage. So, um, none of it was working out. Um, the work was difficult. It was a whirlwind of what was going on. Everything was changing daily. Um, couple that with a non-supportive home structure and, and it just wasn't working. Um, so, you know, personally in my life, I had a complete, you know, complete change where things started to get better uh, after I got out of that situation and then eventually met, you know, who is now the love of my life and, and my support structure that I, I could never replace. Um, and that now changed my mentality at the same time as, you know, light bulb moment, here comes big mission. Um, and, and I had already, you know, listen, you know, don't get too big of a head, but I had already been researching all of your YouTube videos so I had all the pieces, all you know, different pieces of the puzzle that I was trying to apply without the full picture. Um, so I had already been diving into the BOR process um, almost almost entirely, not because that's what I, I thought was the best way to do it, but just because I couldn't figure out how to get a marketing process through, through our agency smoothly. So I said, I just need to take that process out of it and just try to, to try to get the decision and let them work it out on the back end. So, so what would you say changed after, after you got involved with Big Nation? What kind, of, what kind of changes happened at the agency? So I could see it, I could see it um, from its, from its um, infancy stages to fruition. So I could say, okay, now I see where we can lead, lead our insured to a more educated path um, and say, all right, if I can, I mean, I've, I've said, I say this to my sales team now, at, at this point, now I'm the director of the habitational department. So I have my own sales team, my own service team that's underneath. And um, now the, it's, I'm like a broken record. I consistently push <laughs> to the sales team and service team. If you plant a price seed, you will grow a price tree, no matter how many times you try to water it with BOR water. But if you plant a BOR seed from its infancy stages, well, now you can water it and you're going to get the BOR at the end of the process. Um, so it all, it all starts with, well, what's the mantra at the very beginning stages of that, of the conversation with the insured. Um, so that's, By the way, that's, that's a great, that's a great analogy you got going on there. That's really, really good. Yeah. You know what? Because what I think what was happening is people were trying to get in the door 
talking about price. And then once they're in the door, they're trying to change the conversation to BOR. And you, it, you just can't do it. Yeah. So then, so then, so the, then you got on planting the BOR seed mm -hmm. and you don't get a BOR just because you're a nice guy and you ask for it. There's got to be something else. And was there, was there anything else that, that being a part of Ignition helped contribute to that ability to get those? Yeah. So, um, so listen, I mean, you've talked about it a million times and I, I definitely subscribe to it is differentiating yourself um, with actual real differentiation. Um, a different, a different idea and a different process is only as good as its application um, or or any real world application of that idea. So um, when we're when we're coaching our sales team and the rest of our service team, um, we're basically saying, here's our value. And it has nothing to do with that bottom line dollar that's on that, that policy page. It has to do with what we're going to bring to the table to control that dollar over the long term. Um, so with with defining clearly what our value proposition is to the client via every method we could possibly do, whether it's on the phone or via email or seminars, which, which we're big on. Um, however, we have to define that, that value that we bring. It has to be clear. It has to be concise. And so have you seen any sort of financial or measurable impact to anything? I have. I've graphed it out. We can go over that if you'd like. Um, but it's it's been an absolute. I mean, you can't make these these numbers up. Um, where we had a reversed uh, new business was down here and lost business was hovering above that line, which is no good. Um, we've had a drastic reversal where new business has now um, has now literally uh, almost tripled, and uh, lost business has gone down to about two and a half percent. So it's it's an incredible number. And what it gone down to about two and a half percent from what? In other words, how many points did it drop? Uh, or raise, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I would say um, we were hovering around the you know the the nationwide ninety to ninety two percent um, lost business uh, number, and now we're at ninety seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's hard to grow organically if you don't have a solid retention rate. But what you've created there. Um, is really significant. I mean, to go from 92 to 97 and a half or something like that, that's big time. Congratulations. It is. It, it was difficult. So when I, when I first uh, got into the spot of uh, being the director, you know, I took a look at the entire book of business and I said, listen, we can go a million miles an hour producing new business, but if there's holes in our bucket, we're, we're running in place. So first things first, we needed to retain. Um, and in order to retain, we needed to provide a better service model. And that service model came in the form of a written service timeline, which you've talked about a million times. Um, we've fine-tuned, since we're such a niche-heavy business, we're able to develop what is a written service timeline that makes sense for the niche. Yeah, you can wiggle it around a little bit, but at the end of the day, defining what 14 to 16 months worth of service looks like month by month, and having those services defined clearly with the negative that we're avoiding at the end of the day, it, it's been um, it's been you know business changing for sure. And what would you say to people who are listening to this about? Um, there's, there's a lot of people that think that that's really difficult to do, maybe even impossible, and then it's too expensive to do. What would you say to that? I, I would say maybe they're missing the boat. I think I think. Um, I think a lot of what the insurance industry does, for some reason, we keep it a secret. 
And uh, what what I've um, I'm trying to get uh, everybody to understand is that if if you pull back the curtain and you show everybody the wizard, the wizard's not so scary, and they start to get some some understanding as to how insurance works. So. Um, you know, you've heard a million times, everyone under under the sun says, I hate insurance. Um, yet come catastrophe, it's their best friend. It's the it's the person that writes a check to, to make their lives whole again. So why is it that they hate insurance? It's because for one, they don't understand it. Um, and the second part is because the pu- procurement thereof is so terrible. Yeah. And that's our fault. That's the broker's fault. Um, so that's why um, what we were able to do is we were able to define exactly what we do in a whatever, 12, 14, 16 month period, whatever the client needs to see, um, and how we're going to negotiate on their behalf, uh, what that's going to look like, education throughout the entire process, um, and even simple things as much as, um, you know, as easy as we're gonna check the policies for correctness post binding. I mean, it's such a simple, minute little thing, adding that to a service timeline, with what the negative is without the insured understanding that that did indeed happen, um, there's a consequence there if we don't do that. We do it automatically, so does every broker. But at the end of the day, without the insured understanding that that's something that's important, well, then it's not. And I'm sure there's some other things that you do that you don't want to tell us about that you would call secret weapons, which is fair. But thanks for giving an idea. So so I think you're right. Buyers hate what they don't understand and, and they can't control. And so when you make it understandable and now they can see the control mechanism in place, this document written service timeline becomes how they control their future right? and how you help them control their future, then it gives them a level of certainty that they don't get anywhere else. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, we add we add so many services. Your question of, well, some people say that it's a little bit too expensive to put a service timeline in place. I mean, yes, if you're trying to throw the kitchen sink at the insured, um, without them asking for it, or with them, without them seeing a need for it. Um, so if I'm going to throw loss control and and some on-site inspection um, services that that require additional third-party help, or if I'm going to say I'm going to do an ergonomic study and and I'm going to throw a bunch of resources at figuring out how your people are lifting things and 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 receiving back injury. If I'm doing all of that and th- those issues don't actually exist, well then of course I'm throwing resources at something the insurer doesn't believe in. Right. I get it. Um, so first things first, I think clearly defining the service you're providing, getting the insured to understand it's a problem. I believe in it. I see the negative consequence and I want to avoid it. So how do we do that? Um, it's another way also add, add uh, additional revenue if you do need to um, really push that service. So if your retention has gone up that much and your new business has tripled, has it impacted your organic growth rate? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, we were running in place, I want to say, for a period of time, um, man, I want to say it was like the 2011 to 2015-ish time period. Um, it was just it was just a time where everybody was like, man, how can we change something here? Um, and it wasn't until, and like I said, we tried it all. It wasn't until we got into um, the wedge process in Bignition that we were able to see clearly what our goal was going to be. And then define what our value prop is, and then go out and sell it, irrespective of carriers and and what the carrier can offer and who's the best carrier. Irrespective of that, what is it that we do better? Why are we the best choice? Um, we were able to start to change the conversation, and and um, the growth has just been um, it's been great. Good for you. So let me ask you a question. Um, 
out of everything that we do here at Big Nation, uh, training programs, coaching calls, tools, systems, CRM, all that stuff, what's your favorite thing about what we do? Uh, my favorite thing um, definitely has been um, the heavy focus on us developing a written service timeline to differentiate ourselves. Um, Big Nation has been uh, has been great for me to try to check on activity um, because the best part of it was it was easy to get buy-in from a salesperson. So when you know, which is always the issue. So if I have a new salesperson come on board and I tell them here, here's Salesforce or who, whatever other CRM out there, and you need to fill out all this data, whatever that data is. By the way, we don't need that in a sales CRM. What we need is a basic description of a client, who they are, what the effective data is, what kind of revenue is generated from it. And then I want to track activity. I don't want to track the data of the client. I have other systems for that. We have AMS or, or some people use Epic whatever. But at the end of the day, that's where the data goes. I want to track activity through big missions. It's, it's just a scaled down, quick and easy version of, of let's move this process along. So I love the written service timeline when it comes to selling. Um, I love big mission when it comes to managing the activity in the sales force. And when you said that it's easy to get your producers to buy into it, just speak to that a little bit more. It, one is because it sounds like, cause you feel like it's pretty simple. It's not, you know, heavy labor intensive with data, 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 anything else that makes it easy to get producers to buy in? Yeah. It's listen, they, they see it the same way. It's simple. And when they need to go fishing, there's one pond to get the fish and it's, and it's in big mission. So they've got, um, they could just prospect in there. It's not this big, huge ocean of, of data. It's just quick and easy. What are my opportunities at? What stage are they? What did I say last time? And how do I move this thing forward? It's just, gotcha. a, just click, 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 move it, move it down the line. And if they get jammed up at any, at any point, it's easy to see where, why they're getting jammed up. It's either the incumbent <laughs> still in the way, um, or they just don't have a handle on what the insured needs. And that's, that's the key. Yeah. Um, so uh, what would you say to an agency owner or sales leader? Who's uh, who's sitting on the fence about implementing this in their farm? Hey, listen, you're either growing or you're dying. That's all there is to it. And if if you're growing, um, you've got a, a an extreme amount of growth. Why are you growing? Can you duplicate it, or are you just kind of sitting on your your haunches and just riding a trend? That's no good, you know. So at the end of the day, you have to grow intentionally. And the only way to grow intentionally is to see it and push the process with a with a with a method of some sort. This, of course, the wedge process has been um, in agency changing for us. That's awesome. Hey, Ryan, I really appreciate it today. Mm -hmm. Tell the crew I said hi. And, will do. Uh, we'll be talking on the other side sometime. I'm sure. Okay. Be good. Man. See ya.